Hey there, welcome back. It is the latest edition. In fact, the month of April's first edition of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. I am the somewhat rested, recovering from the Final Four weekend host of the program, TJ Reeves. What day is it? John Lewis is here with me, a.k.a. Paulson from SportsMediaWatch.com, the purveyor, the owner, the operator. Uh, John, I think I do know what day it is. It is Wednesday as we're taping and releasing the podcast here midweek. So much to discuss coming off of March Madness. Major League Baseball about to start. The Masters is is, is this week. Uh, we, we have no shortage of subject matters. John, how you feeling? How are things? Well, I'm just trying to survive, I think, uh, you know, at this point. <laughs> survive in advance is the NCAA tournament's yeah. model. That's for sure. Their motto. Uh, and that is, uh, hey, that, that is what delivered for the Kansas Jayhawks. They survived a 15-point halftime deficit to come from behind and win. Exciting night in the Superdome. I can tell you from being there, it was quite the weekend. Uh, again, I was uh, part of broadcasting duties for TuneIn and the TuneIn mobile app uh, this weekend at the Final Four. John, that's as loud, continuous noise now. I'm not talking about the Villanova game-winning three-point shot that beat North Carolina because that's an unforgettable last-second buzzer-beating moment to win the national title. Straight out of Hoosiers. That's the loudest I've ever heard one of these things in. But that Duke-Carolina game on Saturday night, continuous noise in the last five minutes or so of game time, one big shot after another, deafening, loud, crazy, nuts in that Superdome and kudos again to Kansas because they withstood all of it withstood North Carolina being up big on them and winning the game the other night John what are your what are your thoughts overall on the final four concluding Turner and TBS had the games the ratings are in what are your thoughts John well you know it's you know look Robert Seidman um his feed so sports TV ratings has been uh, in, in my view, kind of having a bit of a crisis of, of confidence in these ratings, right? Talking about the reality that, you know, these numbers are, it's just no way to really put them in any usable context anymore. There's so many just weird things about them. You know, I mean, all the out of home plus the streaming, there's so many different little ingredients that you can pour into the pot to make the soup seem thicker. And the reality is that, you know, comparing it to what we've had in the past is just difficult to do. The historical comparisons are, I don't know, you know, I mean, so look, here's my honest view. You had UNC Duke in a classic and Kansas UNC in a classic. In 2015, those games would have been significantly stronger, each over 20 million viewers. Say what you want about, oh, third most watched ever on cable, and let's put in a little bit more of this streaming viewership and, you know, out of home and blah, blah, blah. Especially with those advantages. Those are two games that should have been over 20 million, even on TNT or TBS. So I actually look at these numbers as being pretty disappointing. Like Kansas, U, Kansas UNC in an all-time classic, Duke UNC in an all-time classic, and you're not getting to, you know, 18 million viewers on Nielsen alone, I mean, uh, and even with streaming, even adding in the second source of, of data, you're, you're still below 19 million. When Virginia, Texas Tech got 19 million three years ago, it's like, eh, well, that's okay. You know, I guess that's about as good as Virginia, Texas Tech can do. So I actually don't really think these numbers were that impressive. 
And you said on last week's podcast, and I must bow to you figuratively here, that it's not it's not the story that everybody thinks it is. I questioned it. I questioned you and said, I think it can get to 20 million and maybe challenge that unbeaten Kentucky against Wisconsin number from 2015 in the semifinal that was what, 22.6 or something, 22 and a half. It did not get close to that. That does not mean there was not a massive audience relative to everything else watching. What you're saying is it's disappointing that TBS in and of itself didn't get a bigger number and they're trying to inject streaming numbers, out of home numbers to make it bigger. Uh, but I, I must give you credit. You you thought it would come under that. You said for the last couple of weeks, this story with Coach K is not as big as everybody thinks it is. Not that it's not a big story, but not as big. And it did not translate into being as big a numbers even as recently as five or six years ago. Continue on. Well, I got to take some credit away from myself because the game itself was so exciting and so great. And I was like, man, I really undersold my prediction. Uh, and my prediction was way higher than the game ended up being. It was 19 million. Um, but I, I, during the game, I was like, man, this is going to be at least 20, 21, 22. And no, you know, the reality is that, I mean, that those kinds of mass audiences for basketball, I don't think, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I, I think that that's about as good a matchup as you're going to get. The only way that they could have had it better is if it was on CBS. That's what I was about to say. We talked last week, TBS and 80 million homes, the network component. Cause I'm just, I'm not trying to be uh, ageist here, if that's even the right way to say it, but there are plenty of people that are older that are in their sixties, much less if you're in your seventies, I'm not saying it's everybody, but it's most that aren't going to go find an app that aren't going to be able to find it on cable as quickly as if it is in on one of the four major networks that they're so accustomed to. And so can we now conclude data in front of us that, that it was never going to get to 22 million without it being on network TV and network TV. It might have Duke Carolina in particular Saturday night. It might've gotten to that number. I think it would have gotten to at least 20, you would think maybe, but you know, the reality is uh, all of this stuff, the streaming, the changes in TV, you know, it's ridiculous. It's designed to be convoluted. It's, and the interesting thing is all of this streaming stuff started as a way to get back at these companies, right? Ah, Comcast, now I have you where I want you. Get your cable boxes out of my house, right? <laughs> so, you know, and what, what, is, what has happened is that all these companies have now entered the streaming business and made right. it impossible. One of the reasons why I'm only just posting the national championship numbers today, as opposed to yesterday, is because I spent a solid two hours last night trying to cancel a DirecTV stream subscription. So everybody knows that with streaming, one of the benefits is that you just cancel. You don't have to talk to anyone. Well, right. uh, the uh, brilliant uh, you know, uh, geniuses at AT&T have decided, ah, but what if we made it really difficult to cancel? <laughs> uh, and so now, you know, I got my direct TV stream because I wanted to watch the games and I'm sick and tired of paying for cable. So I was just doing, you know, the free trial. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't, you know, once the games are over, I'm not paying for a full month. So uh, they say chat to cancel and you go in 
And uh, they say, oh, you know, uh, more than 15 minutes. And uh, they say that more than 15 minutes uh, <laughs> repeatedly over the course of two hours time. And at some point uh, you knew this is uh, going to be a lot more than 15 minutes. Same well, I mean, over it, and over again. it's clearly strategic. It's just an insane strategy. Please tell react- me, did you get it accomplished? Did you get it canceled, yes, John Lewis? I hope. I hope. Okay. I also, I told you before about how I got my whole family off of AT&T because we were paying insane amounts of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it cost probably like, I don't want to say how much money it cost to finish off paying for a relative's phone and paying the outstanding bills just to get off of AT&T and just got a letter today saying, well, you still owe 26 bucks and like, man, AT&T. <laughs> oh my goodness. You could have gone and had a high-end five-star meal with the whole family just to try to get out of the deal. I was laughing when you were saying that because I'm thinking, and I'm not a big music guy, but I'm thinking of the Eagles and the Hotel California song, you can check in anytime you want, but you can never leave. Or like the Mafia, John, just to put that out there. You can come into the family whenever you want, but you're never leaving. It's kind of the same thing. uh, Well, I mean, corporations pretty much are the Mafia, are they not? (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, look, so they, they've, they have applied the, uh, all the things that they did to make cable so unpleasant, they're now doing in streaming. So I'm off streaming. And the reality is, you know, I've come to the realization, you know, I took a, like about 10, 12 years ago, I was in a a class in college and the professor, it was a sports related class. The professor said, you know, by the time you get to X amount of age, you're not even going to like sports anymore. I'm not, I'm not there, but I've, I, I mean, like for me, I don't need to, I don't need to spend this much money to watch these games live. Right. right, right. I mean, I don't. Well, let me give you a perfect example. Perfect example again of what you're talking about. So major league baseball crossover, the sports, we're coming back to the basketball one more time in a second. Major league baseball is about to begin all yeah. over the country. It's about to begin in my area in West central Florida, where I am. There are so many people, right word, maybe, maybe not disenfranchised. There are so many people that cannot see the games in their different markets because of what you are describing. It tempers down your enthusiasm as a fan. People are talking about, oh, let's get excited for opening day. In my market, the Tampa Bay Rays are playing an opening day game with the horrific Baltimore Orioles. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's opening day. That's what you're selling. The Orioles are bad. There are thousands and thousands and thousands like me because I'm on Hulu in this case. They don't have a deal with Bally Sports. There's no national coverage. I cannot see the game unless I go find a bootleg pirated Internet feed. They exist. I can't see the game. This is millions of people, John, all over the country that are on Hulu or YouTube TV or Dish Network that don't have a deal, for example, with Sinclair's Bally Sports and all of these regional providers, they can't see the games starting this weekend. To your point about you're stamping out your own audience by making it so difficult. Yeah, I mean, the reality is that, uh, you know, this is a very interesting industry. They are throwing the money away. Just, I mean, we were talking about it before. I haven't seen the report. I've been kind of out of the loop a little bit. Uh, so you said, uh, I think it was $9 million for Schechter, you know, and, and you look at these numbers and Joe Buck and all these folks are getting. I mean, you know, we shouldn't be looking in people's wallets, but we look in athletes' wallets all the time, right? right? And the reality is there's a lot of Russell Westbrooks running around in this industry, okay, as far as, wait, why are they getting paid this much money? Because the reality is that, you know, I mean, you get you you get paid what you're worth, but that doesn't mean that the people who are paying you aren't crazy, right? right. And that 
is, you know, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not saying there's a bubble. I'm not saying that one day people are going to rise up and realize, oh, I can't watch this anymore. But you know something? I, I started teaching the class that I, that I teach now. I started teaching a variation of it in 2015. And uh, that was a long time ago, right? Uh, and uh, I remember uh, my students had no qualms whatsoever in 2015. And these are like adults now with like kids. They had no qualms about streaming, illegal streaming. It was not like I brought it up because I'm from the uh, era where the, the FBI would bust you for downloading a Barry Manilow song <laughs> by, a, by a torrent, right? Right, right. And so for me, you know, in my Napster, mind, I, right, Napster yeah, exactly. and all that. right, right. Well, these kids aren't afraid of that. Are you kidding? Right. They don't care. And the reality, and I keep saying the reality is that's a tick. Sorry about that. But the fact of the matter is that uh, pirating is uh, remarkably easy. I'm not speaking from personal experience, but it is. It's just insanely easy. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you don't even have to. But still, uh, let's yeah. just bring this back. And I promise we're going to get to the Adam Schefter news. We're going to get to what Fox is doing with the baseball. Speaking of that with Joe Davis, apparently going to be the lead guy. We'll get to thoughts from John on all of that. But uh, again, I'm paying uh, significantly for Hulu every month. I can't see the games, not only of the Tampa Bay Rays. This is the stretch run for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't see their games in my market because the Bally's deal. Uh, Bring it to any market, the Cincinnati Reds, in, in Ohio, the Texas Rangers in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. It's the same thing. If you're on Hulu, YouTube TV, Dish Network, there are no deals to see the games. So it's just very frustrating uh, with that beginning. All right, so bring it back now to the March Madness and the coverage. We've got to keep this in perspective. These are still massive numbers yes. relative to everything else that's going on. In fact, you wrote something about how high the rating was for anything on cable, it's it's a massive number that Kansas North Carolina game, right? Well, one, I wanted to sneak in a quick comment. Remember what happened to boxing when we talk about all these other leagues. So just yes, keep yes. that in mind. But as going far as TV, the- you mean going off TV and how they've yeah. never recovered because boxing used to get 40, 50 million people in prime time on network TV when you had fewer options. You're absolutely right. They can't get four million people uh, if they if they have it on a free network right now to watch anything yeah. they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what does the NFL do? The NFL ensures every single solitary game can be seen. Well, not every single solitary game, but every single game window can be seen on network TV. You will not come to an NFL Sunday and be like, well, where are the games? And you know exactly where to go. CBS or Fox in the afternoon, NBC at night, ESPN on Mondays. There's not a lot of confusion. Once we start adding in the ESPN Plus and, you know, Amazon Prime exclusives, it might get a little bit more difficult. But, you know, it's kind of weird that the only league with any kind of consistent mass audience in this country has one model and all the other leagues have another. Now, <laughs> that's because the other leagues don't have the leverage that the NFL does. I'm quite sure the NBA would love to have more games on network TV. And, the, you know, they, they are going to have a couple more playoff games in ABC this year in prime time than they've had in the past, a couple of conference final games. But, you know, uh, the NFL is the only one with the pull to actually, you know, have the kind of presence that it needs. But to return to the issue of the ratings, you know, can't these are the historical comparisons are not completely irrelevant, but they are certainly skewed. But the historical comparisons are always kind of skewed. You know, I mean, 
it, I guess it's always been kind of weird to say, well, this number in 2022 is compared to this number in 1991. Well, we know 1991, a completely different era. And out of home is not the first new change in Nielsen's, you know, collection. I mean, Nielsen has been changing methodologies over the years such that, you know, a number in, I'll put it this way, that nothing was ever announced to my knowledge, but the ratings in 2009 the uh, the uh, the viewership changed. Where in 2009, for example, the NBA Finals had a substantially lower rating than the previous year in 2008, but the viewership was about the same, right? So it's not like there haven't been changes before in methodology and and, and the numbers, but certainly right now, it's very skewed. You know, uh, the one thing that isn't skewed is how these numbers compare to their contemporaries, and in that regard. You know, you're talking about in Kansas, UNC and Duke, UNC, two audiences on cable that outdo the Academy Awards. And that's just Nielsen only. That's not adding in all the extra stuff. Nielsen only, two games on cable, larger audience than the Oscars. Now, does that matter? Not as much as it used to. We know the Oscars isn't what it used to be. If Will Smith had slapped Chris Rock, no one would even remember that they occurred. But, you know, the reality, uh, here I am saying it again. The uh, fact of the matter is that... uh, you know, beating the Oscars does, I mean, especially when you're on cable, it says something. Yeah, I mean, it says something. So it so did well. Let me, let me uh, point you to, I'm just looking while we're talking, and I realize we kind of shoot these numbers at the audience that's listening to us on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast, John. But this is, uh, I think, the simplest way to explain it. So the, ba- the basketball did 17 million in audience and help me where I, where I don't have it completely correct. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking on cable at... WWE Monday Night Raw wrestling had somewhere around two and a half or three million people watching something like that. The Fox News Channel lineup had somewhere for their primetime lineup on Monday night, somewhere around three, three and a half million in their primetime lineup, maybe combined audience. It ends up being six or seven million. Um, I'm looking at below deck, the sailing show on Bravo, which has been on in my house a couple of times. I don't watch it. That had 1.1 million watching on Monday night compared to the Kansas, North Carolina game. I'm looking for what else the, uh, the spring baking championships on the food network had a million watching. Not my point. None of that is anywhere near 17 or 18 million watching the basketball game. It is a huge victory for Turner and for TBS, TBS on that. Well, I imagine below deck is probably less expensive. Uh, what is that? The uh, the yes. latest Sweet Life spinoff with those yeah. twins on it from the Disney Channel. I don't yes. know. But, right, right. You know, I mean, so there is that element, and you know, the national championship, the Final Four, they should be beating everything else like that. But it does say a lot. You know, I mean, the women's tournament very similar. You know, four point five million viewers, four point six, four point seven doesn't sound that impressive compared to the men. But when you're talking about the rest of TV. That's a nice big audience. ESPN isn't getting 4.7 million viewers every Sunday night. They sure as heck aren't going to get it for any Sunday night during the baseball season. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, uh, the ratings are great compared to everything else on TV. The comparisons to prior years are very skewed right now. But if you want apples to apples, look at the rating. The rating doesn't include out of home. And uh, that's why you don't see the rating anywhere. Yeah, I still don't know what the rating was for last night's game, and I won't know till next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a parlor trick almost, moving it all around <laughs> as uh, as we go along. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, a couple of other things. You made mention uh, announcements that are coming. Some of these things are official, not official. Kevin Burkhardt has reportedly 
been given the the top assignment to be Fox's number one guy for the NFL, like we were talking about last week. They have not officially said that, but Andrew Marshawn of the uh, New York Post is saying that. Marshawn also reporting that Joe Davis will become the lead voice of Fox's baseball coverage, especially the postseason, the All-Star Game, the postseason, and the World Series. And that will be the first time in both of those cases, that'll be the first time in 20-plus years that Joe Buck isn't doing both. And it's two different guys uh, that will do it. Interesting, Fox may make that official with Joe Davis soon. He does the Dodger games, and the baseball season is starting. Thoughts on that real quick, uh, John, about that? Because you've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Well, I mean, this was inevitable. Uh, you know, I was kind of high on Joe Davis uh, and uh, him getting the Super Bowl at uh, the uh, very young age of 33. 33, of course, being young in play-by-play terms and and not that young outside of play-by-play. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great thing for him and a great opportunity and, uh, frankly, kind of a low-key gig. Isn't that sad? The World Series, mm-hmm. it's kind of a low-key gig. You know, after the last couple of years, you know, it's almost like he's practicing for the real show, which is doing the NFL. Uh, And uh, we'll see if he gets to do that. Uh, Burkhart, we talked about this last week. You know, uh, it's a great story. Personally, I'm going to have to be sold on Kevin Burkhart being the voice of the Super Bowl. But he has a whole season, including the NFC Championship, to really, you know, to, to show that he belongs there. Because it, you know, it, it's a lot like when Mike Breen got the NBA job, you know, and it was kind of weird. It's like, well, I like Mike, but he's the B guy. He's the secondary guy. He's doing mm-hmm. the finals. But, you know, all it took was he was a little bit shaky that first year doing the finals. But, you know, he's the voice of the NBA now, even not his own State Farm commercial. And he's done it longer than anybody else on network yes. TV, if I'm correct yes, on has. that. Longer than Dick Stockton did it. Yep. Uh, help me on who I'm leaving out here. Marv longer than Marv. Longer than uh, because he Brent Musburger and Brent Musburger or anybody else that did it yeah. uh, for so and, many years. Uh, by the way, uh, ESPN bringing back the NBA on NBC theme for a little piece of the game tonight. Uh, they, I guess they're doing that to try to win me back. Uh, the round ball rock theme of John Tesh, by the way, yes, is what you're uh, talking about. The well, heavy action it, of the NBA. They, they've been using uh, that theme also for Fox's Big East coverage, that they yeah. would be playing it on Fox Sports and their Big East basketball coverage, et cetera. Um, and I, I, lo- I love the John Tesh story. I don't know how much you know about that, but it's out there. Uh, it's been out there on the Internet. It's been out there on YouTube that he basically came up with that by accident. He started messing around, came up with it kind of by accident, and then he gave it to a couple of people for tests, and they thought it was awful, the round ball rock theme. And if you're not familiar, that John, hopefully I don't butcher it. Okay, that's John Tesh, synthesizer, 80s, 90s, round ball rock. These people that he gave it to up in the biz and the music hated it. So the fact that NBC took off and made it their NBA theme, yeah. Tesh, Tesh had the all-time, how do you like me now with, the, yeah. with those guys because it uh, it helped him. So the round ball rock theme will be back. Interesting with yeah. around the NBA. It's just for their 75th. They're going to bring back the CBS theme as well, which was pretty decent. They're going to go each decade uh, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, Breen ended up becoming the official voice of the NBA, even more so than Marv, uh, you know, and uh, that, who would have really expected? I mean, Breen was always very good on NBC, but, you know, I mean, so Kevin Rockhart, that's kind of the the ceiling for him, right, is being the Breen of football. Boy, wouldn't that be something? And uh, right now, 
it seems very weird that he's going to be calling the Super Bowl. I can't lie. I mean, I, you know, but hey, it's it's an opportunity. And I'm sure it seemed pretty weird to all of his colleagues at the car dealership when he said, you know, I'm going to go into broadcasting. I mean, I'm sure they were <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. But hey, you know what? Everything in life is about hey, proving the doubt is wrong, right? It is the stuff of dreams. It is the stuff. For example, when young TJ was being a substitute teacher and doing a couple of other handy jobs and whatever, I kept telling everybody, I'm going into sports. I'm going into sports radio. I'm going to be there someday. Yeah. And so thankfully, I, I still have a broadcasting career. Uh, here I am now some 30 years after that, still knocking around doing the stuff that I do. And I encourage young broadcasters the same way. You're going to get rejected a bunch. You're going to get rejected a bunch. You're going to get told you're not going to be good enough. You're not good enough to do this. You don't, we don't have a job for you. Do not let that define you, defeat you. Keep going. Burkhart's a great example of that. And look what he's ascended to. And we'll wait for Fox to make those moves official. Interesting that ESPN did announce a bunch of their re-signings of their uh, announcers, their TV talent, et cetera. What a surprise they would re-up with Adam Schefter and with Adrian Wojnarowski or Woj, the Woj bombs. The report is Adam Schefter at nine million a year for an. We, John, we should have been information guys for sports for the for the NFL. Good lord, the money being thrown yeah. around there. I believe your thought, please, John. That's as much to keep him from somewhere else. That that price is being driven up in a bidding war. Keep him away from somewhere else. What do you buy well, that? I'm not sure. I mean, if he really had gone to a gambling website, he would have dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, I honestly feel that way. You know, I mean, uh, I I think that if he was going to go to Fox, I'd spend the money to keep him from Fox. I'd spend the money to keep him from NBC. But if he was going to go to like Caesar's Sportsbook, well, you know, see you later. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, Fox so obviously uh, has Jay Glazer as their information guy right. on uh, on Sundays. NBC still uses Mike Florio. They used to use Peter King, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, Peter King, who used to be with Sports Illustrated. Uh, and now is with Pro Football Talk, occasionally writing columns, uh, et cetera. Uh, Jason Lockenfora is the, I, I ju I'll just say it, he is the lesser known and not a, and not as big time information breaker on CBS. But I mean, if, it, it's got to be as much keep him away from going somewhere else and how valuable that is to ESPN to have him right. breaking these stories for them on the NFL. Well, you know, you go back four or five years and they laid off so many talented people who did so much good work. Mm -hmm. We know the money's there. It's just who they decide to value. They've decided to lock up a few, you know, people with that social media, uh, you know, following. Uh, and that's a huge part of the job now, right? You know, you got to be an entertainer. You got to be a brand, the Woj bomb, you know, is he a journalist? It's a very good question. I'm not going to be the one to make that judgment. Uh, I can tell you one of the books behind me, Big Game by Mark Leibovich, you know, one of those uh, authors who likes to write about Washington, wrote that book, The Town. Uh, you know, in that book, you know, they kind of talk or he kind of talks about, you know, the being the nugget guy, Schefter being the nugget guy and mm -hmm. how important that is. You know, it's not, border it's not borderline PR. It is PR for the leagues. The leagues love it. It's I mean, like Schefter is not. Here's the latest, you know, uh, breaking story about Deshaun Watson or Kareem Rush, right? Schefter is all the fun stuff that Goodell wants people to hear about. Yeah, that's Woj too, 
you know, uh, Woj ultimately when he's not, you know, raking LeBron James over the coals like he did back in 2010, uh, you know, Woj is just nuggets, nuggets, uh, nuggets about the nuggets, right? They, they about- find out the information, the nuggets, the breaking news before anybody. I think what you're distinguishing is where is reporting, where is any kind of uh, investigative. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah. Their, their big thing is 144 characters on Twitter. Do I have it first? I'm going to take a wild guess. I don't think Don Van Natta is going to get a $9 million a year contract. <laughs> <laughs> but, by the, but by the same token, I think the argument can be made, what he is doing is just as valuable if you're really good at it. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he's having to eat pork and beans or uh, <laughs> macaroni and cheese at night living in a uh, in a one in a 100 square foot little room, uh, I, I think he's probably doing very well for himself. For himself, and again, this is one of the top investigative reporting guys. Works on stories, sto- a story weeks, weeks, and maybe even months before you hear about it and see about it. There, there's still room for that. There's just not as much room in the attention deficit starved society that we're in. Give it to me, like you, like you like to say, in small little quick doses or. The quick 144 characters on Twitter give me what happened with that trade or who's signing with whom. Um, that's not the same. It's interesting that Adam Schefter's background and the same the same with Wojnarowski is as a beat writer, as having yeah. been on a beat and having written about the NFL and in and around. I believe the Denver Broncos was the first NFL beat that he was on and around that. And it just morphed into he could find out more information through agents, through players themselves, through teams, that the information became uh, a big deal. I, I still recall uh, when uh, I, I was in and around Fox Sports Radio as a freelance person. I made mention of this previously with you, I think even last week, talking about Final Four coverage. When they signed Adrian Wojnarowski for Fox Sports 1, remember the initial launch of Fox Sports 1, they thought that was such a big deal for him being the information guy. They got him away from Yahoo. They signed him for Fox Sports 1. John, I think he was there like a year maybe two at the most before ESPN gobbled him up in his most recent incarnation and has never, has never looked back here in the last couple of years. And maybe I have the years wrong, but Fox sports one had him as one of their original information guys, putting him on their shows. They were so elated, but obviously they didn't realize what they had. They couldn't keep him. They couldn't pay him. And he's been with ESPN ever since. Well, this is news to me. I don't know how I missed it. I don't remember Woj ever working for FS1, but uh, I I know what happened. I've I've seen the press release. It it tells you how bad FS1's programming lineup was that he was there and they couldn't make it work. But they thought internally, I can tell you, because I know people that were touting it, that we had him on the radio whenever he was breaking things on Fox Sports Radio uh, at night and on weekends and whatever. And they, they were hailing that as going to be a game changer for them. It never yeah. materialized. He ended up going to ESPN, which has the NBA broadcast, et cetera. It fits in much better. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and now look at this. If, he's, if, he's, if it's correct, he's making $7 million a year to break information and cover the league. Good for him. Good. I'm never yeah. going to begrudge anybody. Good for yeah. him. If you can go get that. Go get that money. Uh-huh. Yes, Fox Sports One. Remember, had that whole lineup. They had the yeah. Regis Phil, the late Regis Philbin, with that daily show that was like a a yeah, combination game show, studio audience. 
Yeah, I, I actually watched parts of that. Can you believe well, it? The crowd goes wild. It. Are you yeah. going to give me five bonus points off the top of my head without looking? The crowd goes wild, correct? Yeah, crowd goes wild. I mean, it was only nine years ago. I can't give you bonus points for that. But then again, but I'm, I I'm not looking. Quotes. I'm not looking right. at anything though. And I, I came up with the name of that show. I, honest to God, cannot remember what was the name of their Sports Center knockoff. Was it was Fox it, Sports it, Live? Of course, Fox, Fox Sports Thompson. Live, and that was yeah. uh, the two Canadian guys, Jay Onright and Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole, that they I'd never heard of. I had never heard of in my life before then. And, uh, you know, then they just kind of flew in. We're here for a while. And again, they came in lucrative deals. They would have Woj on their show, breaking NBA news, and yet they could not make it work. I think the study on that, you would be the expert to talk about that. They didn't have the games. They didn't have the games no, on that didn't. channel as the lead in. So none of those other programs were ever going to resonate because they didn't have the games. They sure didn't. They had America's pregame with the, what Mike Hill and somebody else. No idea mm -hmm. who uh, crowd goes wild. Of course, that's where people heard the name Katie Nolan for the first time mm -hmm. and uh, Jason Gay. And uh, there was a British woman, I think. I, I mean, you know what? You know who I remembered the other day? And it was crazy. Uh, Kit Hoover. Yes. Like, that was, I mean, that's the name like, wow, that's like going back to like, you know, the earliest days of, of, of your of your childhood almost. Kit Hoover and um, if I could Jay remember the Crawford, name. Jay Crawford, oh, my, yeah, buddy, Jay. My, buddy, my buddy Jay Crawford, who worked in the Tampa Bay market as the uh, weeknight sports anchor for the better part of a decade on the ABC affiliate here. He's from Ohio, came here and then eventually got the ESPN job for Cold Pizza. That was the name yep. of the show, like the first the first incarnation of all this first take stuff, yeah. get up and all that was cold pizza. Thea Andrews was yep. one of the people on yeah. there. Kid Hoover was on there. Um, and you're going to probably look it up and Ooh, find it before I There know. was. Who was the third were, woman? There were three women with yes, Jay Crawford right. in the first incarnation. Wasn't she a track star? Like she'd run track? I believe, but I, I, man, the name escapes me and it's almost yeah. 20 years ago. We'll have to look on the cold pizza thing. But yeah, you're right. Kid Hoover comes up. And uh, Jay Crawford, by the way, is back in Ohio doing broadcasting and doing some play-by-play -play off of having a long stint on ESPN with the cold pizza and then eventually doing Sports Center and other projects for them. Gave him, gave him, a, gave him the best years of his life and got laid off like so many at ESPN. Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, oh, wow, a real uh, trip into the Wayback Machine. You know what, you know what, what made it, uh, what made me remember uh, cold pizza. I was watching Dana Jacobson do the sidelines and I was thinking, wow, mm -hmm. she's really come a long way. And then I was like, wasn't she always on cold pizza? And I realized I was mixing her up with Thea Andrews. And that got me all the way back with like the Kit Hoover. What the heck is Riboflavin anyway? Remember that ad campaign? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Leslie you know how... Maxi is yes, the name we were you. looking Leslie for Maxie, as the other yeah. one that was regularly on there as well. Whatever happened to the uh, the guy uh, locked up in a tight one from Dream Job? Remember they and they they mocked him on Sports Center. One of the contestants on Dream Job, throughout the commercials, he was like yelling, "Locked up in a tight one." And at <laughs> one point, they mocked him on Sports Center. That was terrible. I don't even remember one of those ads. Well, oh I remember God. they did the reality show because we were talking yeah. about this this weekend at the uh, at the Final Four, and Mike Hall was the winner yep. of the Dream Job reality and show. He was and legit. And he not only got some ESPN, but he became one of the original anchors mm -hmm. and is still there on the Big Ten Network out of that yes. deal. So he was legit. Yeah, so, uh, he so was we him. Have a lot to owe, I guess, to Cold Pizza and circle back to those people, I guess.
Well, I don't know if we have a lot to owe to cold pizza because it really, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> you know, look, I was, uh, I couldn't have been more than like, uh, I don't want to say the age I was, but I was still regularly watching Nickelodeon at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will tell you, even at that point in my life, I was like, what is this? Get this off the TV. What is this? I, I mean, no offense to the people who are part of it. But it but was it, it was the forerunner to what they're doing now all across right. the board. The Skip and Shannon Undisputed. Yes. Well, take it was your, Skip and Woody Page, wasn't it? Woody, yes, take take your pick. And yeah. they, they were on that cold pizza show going at yeah. it all the time. But the forerunner to first take was Stephen A. Smith. The forerunner to what you see with Mike Greenberg and, and Get Up. That I mean, that was it 20 years ago while we go in the Wayback Machine. Yep. Uh, on that. All right. Uh, so shall we do this as we get ready for the start of the baseball season? Let's get into a couple of these. Love it or leave it. I did make mention previously uh, about baseball. I, I know they have all these different networks that are showing all the different games. Love it or leave it. Watching some of this opening day baseball. I know you have admitted on this podcast, you've cut the cord and cables where a lot of it is. Yeah. I've already described earlier in the podcast for a lot of us were cut off from the local broadcast of the local team, especially if it's on Bally's or, or Sinclair's properties, you can't see it. Love it or leave it on opening day here for Thursday and Friday for you, John. I love the idea of opening day, don't you? You know, but of course, uh, be nice if the weather would cooperate. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the fact of the matter is, opening day is a beautiful idea. I like that there will be an opening day. Does that mean I'm going to sit down in my house and watch any of the games? Probably not. I think my opening day as a viewer of Major League Baseball will be October 5th or is it the 6th? Whenever the playoffs start, that'll be my opening day. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but, you know, uh, I saw a picture of Jason De uh, Jacob DeGrom the other day. And uh, at first, it was like someone had posted a, a picture of some guy standing in line at a pizza place saying, this guy came to pick up some pizzas and didn't like to be photographed. And I was like, well, of course, he's just an ordinary guy. Why would this random person want to be photographed? Turns out it was Jason or Jacob DeGrom, right. who I can't even get his name right. Star pitcher of, of the stars. Mets, oft-injured star pitcher yeah. of the Mets, but yes. I was talking to uh, Alex Rodriguez earlier today, as I often do. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> You waited like almost an hour into the podcast to name yeah. drop that you were talking with A-Rod? Well, it was, it was, I mean, I was with like, it was a conference call. So it's like I, a million different points, but, I but I still love, I still love the fact that you've waited this long to drop that you and A-Rod are rapping about the start of the yeah. season. Continue, please. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I asked him, you know, he's obviously an NBA owner and uh, he, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I asked him, hey, uh, is baseball further behind the NBA? after this lockout, right? I know the World Series has outdrawn the NBA finals back-to-back -back years, but realistically, the NBA was out of season and baseball's numbers weren't very good either. So, you know, A-Rod, you know, said as he often does, you know, what he wants to see baseball do, you know, take advantage of some technological aspects and mentioned the fact that a lot of these stars aren't known. A lot of baseball stars aren't known. I, I mean, I could not, I saw a picture of Jacob DeGrom and I did not immediately know who he was. Sure, if I sure. saw a picture of Alex Ovechkin, I'd know who that was, even though I don't watch that much hockey. Now, mm -hmm. you know, Ovechkin's got a very unique, distinctive face, but, you know, I mean, name any NASCAR driver. I, I mean, I'd be able to recognize, well, maybe not Denny Hamlin, because the other day I saw Denny Hamlin on TV and I was like, oh, who is that? You know, I've had the privilege to of interviewing him a couple of times on different things. I would know what right. Denny Hamlin looks like and I know what some of the NASCAR guys look like. Right. So I get your but, point. They are more famous than NASCAR drivers, the NHL players. They're more famous than the baseball stars. Do you stars. fault Rob Manfred in baseball 
And and to the extent even that I'm talking about that they've done a poor job of making sure that the games are more regularly available, especially in the local markets from cable providers. And that's what's costing the, the facial recognition, if you will, real quick. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame Manfred. Manfred's to blame for a lot of things, but he, you know, this has been a problem since before. I mean, I honestly truly believe if you were to take Caitlin Ohashi, remember the gymnast from UCLA, did mm-hmm. that viral routine? I suspect more people know what she looks like than know what uh, uh, Mike Trout looks like. I suspect there are more people like, oh, yeah, the viral gymnast from UCLA. I, I honestly think that that's the case. You know, and she hasn't what? She graduated, what, two, three years ago mm-hmm. from a sport that very few people watch. But, you know, that's weird. That's I mean, remember that poll that came out? They said Kenneth Fareed had a higher name recognition than Mike Trout. That's a bit of a stretch, but it wow. might very well be NBA true. NBA player. Well, but I mean, there's certain stars. I mean, if you say Derek Jeter, everybody would have known yes. what he looked like for the Yankees back in the day. If you say now Bryce Harper, most everybody that's a sports fan knows what he looks like. But in terms of the baseball stars rank and file, the top 20, yeah. the top 30 of them, how many of them would you know by simply looking at them without being given their name, their number in a uniform, whatever? Mm-hmm. I think well, it's, a, it's a good point. I'm just amazed that I remember the name Jorge Soler. I'm amazed that I remember that name. And much less, would I know what it looks like? Absolutely not. Absolutely it's not. It's not more impressive than me remembering the crowd goes wild from Fox Sports 1, which might have been on the air less time than this individual yeah. episode of this podcast yeah. on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. Let's continue. Love it or leave it. It is a tradition like any other. As we release the podcast, the Masters about to be played 2022, and it looks as though Tiger Woods, he has said it all week, will try to play 15 months after his last golf tournament and uh, 14 months after a dangerous, harrowing car accident where he fell asleep at the wheel in Southern California, went down a hilly road across an embankment and could have been seriously injured, if not killed. It turns out he was seriously injured with an ankle injury surgically repaired ankle back trying to play on what is not an easy golf course to walk up and down people people don't understand it's not the cardiovascular that the nba obviously is or playing in the nhl or the brutality of football but man walking up all those hills and down those hills on a bad leg at 46 years of age good luck to tiger so on love it or leave it are you loving you will you check out some of tiger some of the masters either either on the app on espn whatever i know you cut the cord on cable are you loving you some Masters this weekend, 2022? Well, I'll get me some of that ESPN Plus, right? Uh, cable is a tough uh, sell for $65 a month on YouTube TV or $70 for AT&T. And by the way, do not get DirecTV Stream. Do not do it, even for a free trial. Especially if you're trying to cancel. Keep exactly. going, the Masters. I don't mean to sidetrack right. you, the Masters. But yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tune in for sure. I mean, if, especially if Tiger's playing, uh, you know, uh, that's an event. Tiger is. Do that you have level. a gut feeling on how he will do day one? Do you? She's, uh, you know, at least 15 under par, right? <laughs> ridiculously low. Who knows? Who All knows? Right, so the barometer, the TJ barometer would be somewhere par is 72. A great mm-hmm. score is like 68, 67 or below. You start getting ridiculous at 66, 65 mm-hmm. on how good that is. I will set the barometer at around 75. Not the temperature, 75 on the strokes. Right. Do you believe he'll be below that? That would be remarkable if he shows up at Augusta and starts putting together some birdies and shoots like a 72, much less a 70 or a 68. He hasn't played, John, in a yes. year. We don't know if he can walk. Yeah. Are you are you feeling that this could be? I'm not saying win the tournament, 
I'm right. saying on the opening day, could he shoot a number here? Could he shoot a 70? Could he shoot a Why 68? Not? Why not? How about a 58? Let's have some fun. It's way too low. This is not putt putt golf, John. Oh, you know, I mean, make hole in one six times, like in putt putt windmill golf with the clown's mouth. You know, the extent of the golf that I've played is the Windows uh, game. Remember with Minesweeper, and they also had the golf game. You know, it's in the rough. You ever play that one? And I remember, I remember the Wii. The Wii golf is fantastic, where you're holding the controller and acting like you're hitting the golf club. And we'll see how Tiger does uh, for the Masters. And again, ESPN has the early rounds, and then CBS. And obviously, if Tiger does anything. In a mm-hmm. good way, if he does anything on Thursday, he is worth, John, I keep saying this, and you know this from the historical ratings, he's worth three or four million more eyeballs, yeah. especially yeah. if he's in contention on the weekend. He well, absolutely they, is. Who else do they have? You know, I was looking uh, at the leaderboard the other day and a bunch of names that I have never seen in my life. Phil I mean, Mickelson not playing yeah. for the first time since the early 90s because of the controversy off the course, the comments he made. Uh, about Saudi Arabia, about the PGA Tour. His sponsors have fled from him. He's essentially in hiding as much as a multimillionaire golfer can be in hiding that's had that kind of success. But he's in hiding right now and not playing the Masters by his choice. Augusta Augusta National confirmed on Wednesday as we released the podcast, we didn't disinvite him. We didn't tell him he couldn't come. He is choosing not to be here. So uh, you're right. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson, we know if he's won major championships from some of these others, you know, uh, some of the other guys that are that are there, whether it's Bubba Watson that's won the Masters yeah. a couple of times and some of the others. We'll see how the uh, how the tournament plays out for this weekend. All right. We've basically come to the end because I know you've got to go and I've got to go yeah. as well. Anything else? Did we leave anything else out between the college hoops talk, the uh, the re-upping of some different broadcasters uh, by their outlets and the money being thrown around? Baseball season starting. What else? Anything else, John? Well, you know, the mention of Phil uh, reminds me a little bit of LeBron. You know, I was thinking about this, you know, Kareem criticizing LeBron the other day. And I was thinking about the reality that if you weigh in on any issue, let's say like LeBron does, you weigh in on an issue that is, uh, you know, an issue of race or something that generally the left would be supportive of. Any left-wing political opinion invites the deepest scorn from the right and is not ever enough to satisfy the left. And so my view is, I honestly think, and I kind of feel bad bringing it up at the very end, so I can't flesh it out, but I honestly think LeBron's legacy on social activism will be that players of his stature will not touch these issues with a 10-foot pole for a number of years. To your point, Tiger Woods has uh, virtually completely stayed away his entire career from taking sides on most any Michael Jordan was yeah. the forerunner. And remember the book yeah. or the phrase Republicans buy sneakers too, that he yeah. understood if it is going to damage my brand, if it is going to cause half the people or even a third of the people to vilify me, I'm going to just play sports. I understand the larger point you're making, but we have a couple of forerunner examples here where Tiger yeah. Woods has always stayed away yeah. from any of this. And so did Michael Jordan forever in this just as reference points if you've ever read the book the heritage uh, by howard bryant uh, you know the amount of distaste that people have for tiger and jordan and oj not weighing in on those issues and you know that's certainly something to think about but again you're talking about a circumstance even the slightest liberal opinion now you have the entity of the entire cultural on all two online right so the two online right will hate you and the two online left will be like, well, okay, you had this opinion on this. That means you should have this opinion on that and so on and so forth. And I mean, 
obviously do what you believe in and speak out on those issues that you care about. But I'm not so sure that LeBron's motivation was always that. I think there was an element of him thinking that maybe not necessarily that it'd be good for his brand, but that he was obligated to speak out because of his position. And I truly think that some of the backlash that he's gotten for some of the things he said about COVID or whatever, and the fact that speaking out on social issues has now brought scrutiny of his dealings with China from the right, scrutiny of his opinions of COVID from the left. I, I truly believe that LeBron's legacy will be that, you know, 10 years from now when John Morant is running the league or whoever, that those types of players are going to avoid those types of issues. Interesting to finish up on. Again, read more of what John is writing about. Uh, ratings, stories, and otherwise, sportsmediawatch.com. Always find us here on the podcast and make sure you're following or subscribing. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Site looks good, by the way. That new logo, got a new look to the site. My compliments to the chef there for how that looks, as I like to say. Good stuff. Anything else, John, before we're done on this edition? No, I, I got five minutes to get to another Zoom <laughs> room. <so. laughs> you got to run somewhere else. Again, we encourage you uh, to follow us. Find us, subscribe, read John's site, sportsmediawatch.com. For John Lewis, I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us on this edition of the podcast.